adoro la calle en que nos vimos la noche cuando nos conocimos Bienvenidos a Radio Menea. I'm Miriam Soila Perez. And I'm Vero Ayeti Flores. And we are two Latinx friends. With wildly different music tastes. And each week we bring you music from the Latinx artists that we love. And this week we're bringing you an episode in honor of Pride Month. Así es, fam. Yep. All of our favorite queer and trans Latinx artists. Well, not all of them. Not all of them. But a few. Six of them. Six. <laughs> Specifically. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically. Well, for the OG... Brother Manea listeners, you'll remember that one of our first episodes, I think episode five, um, back two Whoa. years ago, I know, way back machine, was a queers episode. And we brought you six different queer artists that we love. So um, you should check that out. We'll put a link in the show notes if you want to listen to that as well. Um, but we're doing it again because guess what? We out here, there's way more of us than just six out in the industry, thankfully. And we had some respects to pay to yeah, some of our like OGs of queer Latinx musicians. Well, specifically this one. <laughs> the woman who we're listening to yeah, right now. I think she's the one of our list who's kind of in that category. But yeah, this is Chavela Vargas. And this song is called Adoro. Vida mía. Y me muero por tener junto a mí, cerca, muy cerca de mí, no separarme de ti. Y es que eres mi existencia, mi sentir, eres mi luna, eres mi sol, eres mi noche de amor. Adoro el brillo de tus ojos, lo dulce que hay en tus labios rojos. Adoro la forma en que me besas Y hasta cuando me dejas Yo te adoro, vida mía yo... And yeah, we really, I mean, it was kind of a misstep That we didn't bring her to the first episode, I think <laughs> I think we have to, like, pay our apologies for that Although we did bring some other, you know, some other classic Old, like, folks from a different era But yeah, she's a powerhouse, right? Oh my God, Chabela is just there's nobody like her, mm -mm. basically. Mm -mm. There's really nobody like her. She's that, like, that sentimiento that she brings oh, man. is just one of a kind. It's incredible. Yeah, and that was one of the reasons I picked this song. I was just kind of listening to some of her catalog, and this one stood out at me, so I brought it. Um, so she, for people who don't know, is actually um, from Costa Rica. Um, but she, she made, is. Yeah. People think she's Mexican I because know. she like really is like a Mexican icon. She like adopted Mexico. But uh, you know, Vero, yeah. I think she might yeah. be our first Costa Rican artist. Really? Have we brought anybody else? I have. A, I don't have any re recollection of talking about Costa Rica. Ni me acuerdo. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you paid me, I could not remember. You know, maybe I'm we should make a list. Pretty <laughs> sure. I know, right? Of what countries we brought. I'm pretty sure that we've never brought anyone from Costa Rica. But yeah, she's really a Mexican icon because she moved to so she moved to Mexico when she was 17 because the industry had more opportunities in than Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, so she became and she lived in Mexico the rest of her life and like became a citizen in Mexico and like really kind of adopted that country. And I think they sort of adopted her as well. And so I was doing a little bit of research about her uh, for this episode. So apparently she like officially came out in 20, 2002. 
Um, and she, yeah. sta- she started in like the 60s. I mean, she's been around when she and was around like and old. Right. She came she was out in, like her in, 80s, her 80s. in her 80s. Yeah. But I think it was one of those like Huanga situations, right? Where like everybody yeah. knows, you know, everybody knows. Yeah. And nobody, no falta decirlo, right? you know? and nobody cares. Or maybe some people cared. I'm not sure what her experiences were. But I mean, she was like rocking men's suits and like smoking cigars and being kind of a dude in that way, in a gender sort of way um, early on in her life. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, that's a pretty good way to mark yourself as queer is by, you know, having a, a different kind of gender presentation, especially thinking about the era that she was living in, in Mexico. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody was surprised. And then, you know, she sings these rancheras and she doesn't, which are, which are sung by men traditionally about women and she doesn't change any of the pronouns, you know? So yeah. that's another like kind of evidence of what she represented and how she, she walked that line as an artist, mm-hmm. which is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. She, um, she, I think is famously or infamously like maybe involved with Frida uh-huh. Kahlo. Yep. 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 Yeah, exactly. She supposedly had a romance with Frida. She shows up in the movie Frida singing. Um, oh, she does. Yeah. Singing La Llorona. Mm-hmm. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. And, she yep. was on that soundtrack. Yep. I remember. Yep. 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 Yeah, it's a beautiful rendition of La Llorona. I almost brought it um, instead for this episode. And um, yeah, so supposedly they had, they had some sort of love affair. I mean, she was definitely friends with Frida and and, um, and a lot of the sort of intellectual artist mm-hmm. folks in that era. But but yeah, that's the rumors that they had a love affair, which is pretty yeah. hot. I'm, I choose to believe it. Yeah, why not, right? <laughs> I choose to believe it. I mean, it. I think Frida was pretty <laughs> infamous for like, I think both Frida and Diego were pretty infamous, right, for, you know... Yeah, having an open a relationship or cheating on each other, not really sure, you know how that went down, but yeah, yeah, you know. So I mean, something like that. Diego was definitely kind of a mujer Diego, so I would hope Frida would get it in too. You know, like why yeah. let him do all yeah. the things? Exactly. Um, <laughs> so, Vero, when did you come to know about her music? You remember? I think that I first came to know about her music around when the movie Frida came out because mm-hmm. she was on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't. I mean, I so I like sort of got to know her music but I um I didn't really really come to know that much about what she meant and her significance I think probably until her death in like Mm. 2012 Mm. um and I remember you know because I don't didn't have a lot of uh contact with Mexican music growing up necessarily I didn't really um have that much contact with her other than like this sort of like pop culture moment with the Frida movie yeah so um so I really got to know her after she died, you know, like in mm-hmm. 2012. And she was like, oh, she was like queer and like this icon. And so that made me a lot more curious. Right. Um, to find out more about her. To learn about her. How yeah. about you? Um, I think really since starting this podcast, I didn't have any mm. reference for her as a young person. And then I was on this episode of Alt Latino recently, and we'll put a link in the show notes. And it was all about um, queer women in in Latino music. And Felix Contreras, Felix Contreras had a lot to say about about Chavela Vargas and had done mm-hmm. some like interviews with people who had researched her work, you know, for the show in the past. And so he um, kind yeah. of had a lot to say about her and um, and brought one of her songs. So that was kind of filled in some gaps for me like he mentioned the Frida connection and those things that I didn't know so yeah um so yeah it's a very recent yeah in the last couple of years again yeah just 
very little Mexican music. I'm so music excited for you to dig in. I know, I know. I mean, she's such a. It's definitely like my genre in terms of the feelings and like love and just <laughs> <laughs> so. There's a little bit of Chavela for you if you know and love her or don't yet know her. She's a pretty amazing figure. And I just, I can't really, it's hard to even wrap my mind around what it felt like to be an out queer woman in that era, you know, in all those eras in which she did that. I mean, I think there are probably moments where things were more accepting than others, but, you know, I feel like we, things have changed so much even in our lifetime, but that to go back, oh my God. you know. It's yeah. amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. So Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like in some ways we think of history as being like this clean, like linear art that no. bends towards justice. It's like upwards always, whereas like actually we go through like dips and you know, and peaks right. and valleys. Right. And I think that maybe like around the time that like, you know, or or at least around like the social bubble that of like Frida and Diego mm -hmm. and like the socialists mm -hmm. and like artists and intellectuals, you know, like mm -hmm. there might have been more spaciousness for that than what we imagine. Yeah, um, I think that might have been in that time, you know, yeah. and even like for us, like when we were a lot younger, it's not like people were talking about being gay, but there were spaces where we could be who we were, you know, right. and like yeah. now it's like feels a little bit different and um, easier in some ways. And yeah. Yeah. It's no, I think you're right. Interesting, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the, for me, the hope is that if you zoom out far enough, like it looks like you're, you know, bending toward justice, right? Like the MLK quote, like right, you zoom out right, far enough, right. you're getting the bigger picture is yes, that things are getting Hopefully. better. But yeah, I mean, there was definitely been moments of um, acceptance and repression, acceptance and repression, you know, I know like pre-war Germany, for example, is known as being like a pretty open, accepting mm -hmm. place around gender and sexuality. And then obviously during the right. Nazi era, it was like was the opposite. Backlash. backlash, right? So, so yeah, I imagine that also those kinds of um, patterns have been mirrored elsewhere. And then, yeah, I think of like the yeah. 60s and like the free love era. And then the 80s was like a return to sort of more conservatism, at least in the U.S. And so, yeah, it's like a lot of back and forth. But um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, props to the folks who, you know, I mean, it's like you, at some point you don't have a choice. You have to live your life, you know, and, sh and she was able to do right. that. So, yeah, respect totally. for sure. We've always been here. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Who's your first pick for this episode? So my first pick for this episode is uh, Hooray for the Riff Raff. And this song is called Palante. Well, I just want to go to work and get back home and be something. I just want to fall in line and do my time and be something. Well, I just want to prove my worth on the planet Earth and be something. I just want to fall in love and not fuck it up and feel something. Lately, don't understand what I am Treated as a fool, not quite a woman or a man Well, I don't know, I guess I don't understand the plan 
colonized and hypnotized be something sterilized dehumanized be something well take your pay and stay out the way be something ah do your best but fuck the rest be something It's been mighty hard to see Just searching for my lost humanity I look for you, my friend But do you look for me? So Hooray for the Riff Raff is Alinda Segarra, who is a Puerto Rican girl from the Bronx, and her band. And um, this song, Palante, is um, one of the last songs in her album, The Navigator, from 2017. And the reason that I mention that it's one of the last songs is because it's a concept album. Mm-hmm. And like, so she thinks about it as like a whole like narrative arc and story. And it's about this street kid named Navita who wants to escape her life. So she gets this witch to put her to sleep for 40 years. Wow. And then she wakes up and she's like, oh, shit, like everything and everybody that I care about is gone. Like, mm. I, you know, like this is an intense thing to go through. Wow. Um, it's like a retake on Sleeping so, Beauty. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, but mm-hmm. like more like an activist version. With, <laughs> with less, agency, like, right? Yeah, Kissing she without it. consent. Right. Version. <laughs> Right, right. (laughs) So um, it's funny because this is um, for The Navigator, this album that came out in 2017. But the album that came out before this, um, so I interviewed Alinda for this album, but then I also interviewed her for the album that came out before um, this one. And she had told me then that she was thinking about making a concept album and listening to like David Bowie. Mm. Um, And it's like, you know, like, oh, you know, like I want to make something um in that same sort of uh concept album way and so i was like so did this is this what panned out and she's like oh my god i'm so glad you told me you reminded me that i said that because she's it was like i had all these voices in my head that like i was too lazy to make a concept album i was like mm-hmm. not dedicated enough or anything you know mm-hmm. like the little hater in everybody's head mm-hmm. but um it's so the, the character is a little bit based on her life, but mm. not totally, right? So Alinda ran away from home um, when she was, like, a teenager and was, like, a street kid, you know, like, her words, mm-hmm. um, for years. And um, then in the last, like, just couple of years, she decided to come back to New York City in the Bronx and is having sort of this experience also where it's just like, oh. holy shit, what happened here, right. you know? Right. Like, what is this? But so I I brought this song specifically because this song on the album and really like the whole thing like really asks us to consider things like white supremacy and gentrification and colonialism, like specifically in the context of Puerto Rico. And um, I feel like this song is sort of the peak of that story. Mm. And I feel like it gets this at the this like real spirit of pride, right? Because it's easy to forget now. Like now pride is like this like you think of pride and you think of like a big corporate parade with like a Bud Light float and like mm-hmm. a this and this, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But like 
I want to take this and slash every chance that I have to remind people that Pride is literally the anniversary celebration of a day when trans women of color and queer people who were just completely marginalized by society fought back against the cops because they'd had enough. Right. Right. And so in this song, she's like palante and shouts out heroes of hers. And Sylvia Rivera gets shouted out, mm -hmm. who famously was at Stonewall on the day of that uprising. Right. Um, so it feels really appropriate as like a song that's like really sort of captures what we are talking about in terms of people's like resilience to continue even when shit is hard, mm -hmm. you know? And that's like the story of people of color. That's the story of queers. That's especially the story of queer and trans people of color, you know? So right. I, I chose that song for this reason to like, you know, to start our... Um, start my selections of the pride of of pride songs so you know it's interesting because for me I think pride I mean for a lot of people right pride is now always going to have this connotation of pulse and like the massacre that happened mm. at pulse because it happened during pride but now there's a more intense connection for me also between music and that and all of that because we were just a couple months into having this podcast when that happened. And so we used, we were able to like use this medium and talk about music as right, an entry right. point to like dealing with grief and processing what had happened. And then we ended up doing a bunch of like media too around it because we both wrote about Pulse and how it felt as like queer Latinx people to kind of be witnessing that tragedy. And so I, I remember that Hooray for the Riff Raff was one of the songs I think you brought. You brought one of her songs yeah, yeah. for our like Pulse episode that we did totally unplanned, mm -hmm. you know, because after that happened. And right. so, yeah, it's just such a like, and like it happened, you know, the weekend of that massacre was the weekend of pride in DC. So it was like literally happened during pride weekend and, you know, pride's a different weekend in every city around the, around the U S but most of them happen in June. And so anyway, it's all just like really mixed up and, 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 uh, just part of the same experiences yeah. now. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. One of the things that I've been thinking about a lot with Pulse is just like one of the things that we talked about was the ways that like queer Latinx pain was going to be harnessed in service of like Islamophobia and xenophobia because of, you know, just like the nature of how those things happen with like when there's like a violent event that happens at the hands of somebody who happens to be Muslim and I was really sad to see that play out with the trial of his uh, of his wife, and she, thankfully she was found innocent. But she's but it's it was right. really, you know I think that it's one of the constant things that I think about like when thinking about Orlando is like keeping thinking about like what our duty is as as queer Latinx people too, in solidarity with other folks, and it's all part of like the same like legacy of resistance for Pride. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's hard cause, because there's so much gun violence in the United States and so many, like, um, mm -hmm. random acts of, of mass murder and tragedy. Like, you know, every, you know, last week there's another school shooting in Texas. I mean, they're just, it's just so commonplace, it feels like, that um, I think Pulse has to be in the context of that because we don't really know much about 
the shooter and what his motivations were, you know, and like how much it was targeted. And like, it's just, we don't know, but we know that there's this really large context of gun violence in the U S and people who men, especially who are motivated to, for whatever reason, like just kill senselessly. And so it's like mm-hmm. in the context of everything that's happened since then, you know, it has a particular right. um, unique relationship because of where it happened and who the victims were. Right. Just so much toxic masculinity. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And guns. Out of control. Too many guns. And guns. Yeah. It's a bad combo. It is a bad combo. It's a really bad combo. <sighs> All right. Um, well, this next song is my pick, and it's called Tambalea, and it's by Niña Dios, featuring Lido Pimienta and Ceci Bastida. Okay. Vivo sin ataduras, aunque vivo a duras penas, tengo miedo a las alturas, la fama marea, que es lo que te choca de mí, yo siempre ando low-key, observe ese hate en ti, que hace que tu visión se bloquea, y desde mi mente bombardea. La esperanza tambalea, la fe me pone de pie en el mundo de afuera No sobrevive cualquiera, suerte de seguir aquí En la jungla de asfalto, poniendo mi voz en lo alto Causando un impacto, soy la gota que derramó el vaso No me tumbo ni un fracaso, subimos paso a paso Ya no puedes ignorarlo, soy la gota que derramó el vaso No me tumbo ni un fracaso, subimos paso a paso Y no puedes evitarlo Tambalea, todo se tambalea Se tambalea, todo se tambalea No hay coincidencia, no entiendo por qué tú ves la diferencia Es tú crea la guerra y yo resistencia Culpable hasta demostra mi inocencia Religiones que buscan penitencia De aquel que se opone a lo que ellos imponen Hay miedo que existan otras opciones Porque el corazón no entiende de razón Vas a cuestionarme, apuntarme un dedo Ligera me muevo, no me importa un bledo Hago lo que quiero en estilo sexedo Fuck tu dinero, mi arte es primero Fuck tu dinero, mi estilo es sincero Empezamos de cero Tú me hiciste de menos ayer, pero yo me aferré El tope es el cielo so this is a little bit about like a different, you know, moving things into a more positive tone in terms of the song itself. It's like kind of like a women power anthem in some ways, like a feminist anthem. This um, Niña Dios is a Mexican rapper and she was actually on the alt Latino episode that I was on. So we were in different studios because she's based in um the like LA area now so I didn't get to meet her but we were kind of in conversation um, and that was actually the first time I'd really come across her work um, and her music was was that episode and so um, also got to like hear a little bit about her story which is part of the reason I wanted to bring her to this episode because you know being she's been out since she was a teenager and has had a pretty difficult time with that in, in different ways um, she talked about how at one point she was sort of outed because well, she was outed by her mom who, like, found um, pictures on her computer, like, searched through her stuff and found pictures on her computer of, I think it was Angelina Jolie <laughs> that she, like, shared. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, so she was kind of forcibly outed, which I think is a really difficult experience for queer oh, yeah. kids who don't get to sort of choose when they're ready to have a conversation with, like, their parents about it. Um, and then at some point, someone, like, hacked into her Facebook page and made a video that was published publicly kind of using the content on her private Facebook to sort of bully her about being queer. So yeah, just like some pretty nasty stuff. Yeah. So she's had like a pretty rough journey and not a very accepting one. 
Although she says that now, and folks should listen to the episode to hear her talk about it directly, but she says mm-hmm. that now things have gotten better. Like, you know, her family has come around and that she feels like the context for young people now in the places in Mexico that she's from is better, that it's more accepting, but that it, you know, there's a lot of still like conservatism and, and especially socially around things like queerness. So um, I just thought that that was an interesting and important story, you know, to sort of counter some of what people think I think people experience being queer that it's like mm-hmm. all acceptance or that it's easy or that you know um, that things have changed so much and it's like well it depends on the context a lot you know depends on the context and who your people are who your family is and how people um, treat you but yeah. but yeah but she's really made a career as you know one of the only women in like rap in Mexico and also mm. being one of the only like out women for sure but yeah so this this song came out pretty recently like in the last i don't know six months maybe yeah yeah it's really recently it's pretty recently and it's a collaboration with lido pimienta who we've brought before i know vero you've brought her a couple Mm -hmm. of times and big fan of her work we love her yeah and then ceci bastida i don't think we've brought before right yeah i don't know i don't know her name is familiar to me but i'm not sure if we brought her before um so yeah this is just one of her more recent one of her more recent releases. Yeah, I like this song. And I like, um, you know, I really like Lilo Pimenta, which is how I learned of this song first. Yeah. Um, and I considered bringing it, but I remember, like, looking up Nina Dios, and maybe I need to chill a little bit, but I, like, saw, like, she's, like, pretty, like, white or light-skinned, mm-hmm. I don't know, and, like, has, like, blonde hair, and, like, her hairstyle is, like, individual braids, and it just kind of gave me, like, a weird feeling. But yeah. maybe I need to chill if Lido Pimienta's cool with her. <laughs> right. Know. Right. That's true. Because she's she's Afro-Latina, right? Yeah. Yeah. Latina. Or whatever, you know, like it's not like one person has to make the decision about what's okay and what's not. But like, but yeah, I mean, I know also that like, A, like racial contexts are different in some ways mm-hmm. in Latin America. Mm-hmm. And there's like those aren't the same sort of conversations, but it's like as a person who's like come to my racial understanding in the United States, I saw that and I was like it's like a little cringy, right. but oh, right, you that know. she has like cornrows basically, right? Right, yeah. right, and I was like, oh, but um, it's definitely but part yeah, of her aesthetic. I mean, <laughs> she seems really talented, and um, in you know, like in terms of like being an MC, and um, I love like I do, I love this collaboration with Lido. Yeah. 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 I mean, appropriation is a complicated and um, very common, like, dynamic, right? <laughs> yeah. So, that's... Yeah. Yeah. It's an, it's an interesting thing, you know, because hip-hop is, has, like, a, go- is global, right? Like, it's, like, a, a, like, you know, like, American, like, Black and Puerto Rican, American, like, cultural form, that has gone global in one sense because it like come there, you know, it's like an underdog sort of uh, story. And a lot of people I think can see themselves in that globally and also like American culture is hegemonic, right? So like American underdog culture is, you know, more available to people in like, you know, Mexico or um, Latin America than like I don't know Daisy underground culture, mm. uh, underdog culture or whatever. So, 
um, it's just like it's very it's a lot of different dynamics going on there and it's very interesting to see the ways that like people make hip-hop theirs and and their own and um, and the ways that 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 plays out it's it's yeah I mean globalization is wild in short <laughs> yeah it is yeah all right, so my next song is by Liniker Euskaramelos, and this song is called Lava. Lava com suas mãos na pia de aço No meio da mata verde é distância de um cansaço Quiseramos nós sermos um abraço Pra que no laço fita cachoeira e mocmaço Vos faço canção de antemão O que resta desse nosso não Enraiza e espalha de chão E assim mesmo nasce E assim mesmo nasce E assim mesmo on the podcast once I think for our listener picks episode right. shout out Richard right. from Songmas um, who suggested Lineker and um, and their band um, they're a band from Brazil from the south of, uh, of the country not from like you know Rio or Sao Paulo right. which is like the two like you know like main quote unquote cultural hubs right. in Brazil like they're the two big cities and it's one of the things that they talk about is about being about like interior Brazil, about like not being from like mm. the quote unquote places where culture is made in mm. Brazil. Yeah. Um, but they make the most beautiful, beautiful music. And what I really love about their sound is that it's just wildly rich, right? They have so many influences that you can spend time digging into when you really listen to them. You know, they talk about samba and they talk about punk and they talk about like Nina Simone. Mm. And it's just like so many different things that you can hear and feel um, in their music. And it's just, it's really wonderful. Mm. And, um, you know, the, the reason that I brought um, Linekers because this band is uh, fronted by Lineker Barros who it's a collective of, of musicians but the uh, front woman is Lineker Barros who's a proudly out and black and trans woman mm -hmm. and it's like a big part of like who she is and how you know how she talks about her music and the way that she comes to the work um, how like all of those things are really important to the mm -hmm. ways that she comes to the work which sometimes I think can get like a little um 
like people just framing them as like a trans artist or like that's like the main thing that they get asked about can probably be like annoying for them because it's like yes an important part of who she is and also like not the only part of who she is right but um but it's you know they're they're really great um this is their newest single which came out in March but if you haven't listened to that much I'd recommend listening to their debut album which came out in 2016 so a couple years back it's called Remonta and it's just really really beautiful they also have like some beautiful live performances and um and videos on YouTube so definitely check those out I think that there's so much about um, I've never seen them live and I'm, I remember they came to New York and I was out of town the weekend that they were here and I was really sad about it because uh, the way that their live performances look just like on the internet on videos it, it looks like the energy is just like so amazing mm. um, so I'm I'm hoping that uh, this um new single means that there's an album coming soon this single came out in march and hopefully with that a tour to bring them back to new york right. because i would love to see them right so they're they're pretty prominent yeah they're like getting good attention yeah outside of Brazil. yeah awesome. yeah they got some i mean they got some good attention i mean they came on tour here yeah. um i think that they're like part of like an emerging i think that there's been I mean, for some time now, but there's been like ongoing conversations in Brazil about uh, race and the ways that like people in Brazil do and think about race, which is really different than mm -hmm. the ways that um, than people do and think about race here in some ways, because mm -hmm. just because of like how mixed everybody is. Mm -hmm. um, but um, but I think also um, there's just the like a cultural phenomenon of like you know elevating black music from black creators and I think she's really she's part of that and at the forefront of that and um and it's really cool to see um this music getting its just due no I really liked the song it was like such a soulful quality to it yeah yeah it's I think like all of all of their music is so it's so soulful because I think a lot of it is like this like sort of soulful like you know like they they also say that they their inspirations are like Whitney Houston and um, Aretha Franklin mm. and just like these like you know like legacy black American artists that mm. like had made it to superstardom in a way that um, you know few other black artists out in the rest of the world have made it right right so um, so it, it's it's really cool to see um, you know like sort of what that looks like for a woman from Brazil, you yeah. know? Yeah. No, thank you for bringing them back. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we'll have more chances too if there's some new music soon. Yeah. What do you got next for yeah, us? Yeah, this is my last pick for this episode. So this is a song called Hijos del Peligro, and it's by um, a person whose sort of stage name or artist name, I guess, is Me Llamo Sebastian. Ya perdí el... Miedo ancestral a la casualidad Vamos a pelo a galopar contra la eternidad Es tan cierto, 
Seremos estrellas, estrellas del cielo, desastre verdad En lo alto, donde no se juzga lo bueno, lo malo, ni la libertad Somos hijos del peligro, nada nos sabe found through doing some research about queer artists from Latin America and it's from a remezcla kind of listicle that I will post mm. in the show notes um, they had 12 queer artists and like Lineker was on there and some of the folks that we've brought before mm-hmm. but this was somebody that I was not familiar with um, and it's a Chileno artist named Nino Rosado um, who's the kind of person behind this this music um, and yeah I mean I just liked the sound of the song you know, just sort of listening through to their picks. It's and beautiful. Yeah, I liked I liked his sound, and I liked this particular song. It has, like, a very inspirational feeling to me. Um, yeah, like, it's got, like, an anthemic yeah, quality, exactly, for sure. Exactly, anthem, yeah. So I definitely recommend checking out the video, because it's really um, beautiful and complicated, I would say. It's Ooh, got... It's intense. Yeah, it's got this, like, love story, you know, to, like queer men and this sort of their love their like courtship in some ways on the video mm. um, there's a lot of like gender stuff that's happening for sure there's someone in drag who I'm not sure if it's actually Nino or if it's someone else I, mean, I can't I couldn't tell um, mm-hmm. in terms of you know it's he's definitely not either of the like male love characters in the movie in the in the film I'm sorry in the music video um, and then like you know it kind of culminates with the two boys like kissing in a club and then there's like a lot of violence also happening at the same time that I think is probably a reference to Pulse because this was released in November 2016 and Pulse happened in June 2016 but there's no way to say for sure um, if that's what he's referencing or not but it it felt very much like that Mm -hmm. because it was people being murdered in a club you know being just like very clearly gunned down in a club um and obviously, you know, the name of the song is Hijos del Peligro. So I think there's something about danger and violence and queerness and sort of the the contrast between, like, queer love and, and this beautiful feeling of, like, finding that and then also violence and danger. And, and um, you know, he's, he's from Chile, and I do think that politically there's still a lot of conservatism in Chile, so that also might be part of the kind of message there is not necessarily about a reference to the United States, but more about... The, what the context of what's happening in Chile and, and the realities of the political life there, but I'm not an expert on current Chile political context. I was just a guess based on some things I read. Yeah, this video is it's really intense. It's yeah, in, in a way, really beautiful. It's yeah. also really, I mean, just like as a content warning, there's a lot of like really explicit violence. Yeah, um, if you're gonna watch it, so yeah. you should know that. Yep. Um, 
but um but yeah it's it's really um i think that i think that the title of the song sort of really captures it for me like hijos el peligro it's like in so many ways being like queer or trans or like fucking with gender mm -hmm. in so many ways that uh queer folks do can sometimes yeah make you hijos del peligro you know like you um exist in a place where danger you know could always be a part of your story right, right. and right. i think there's different you know there's different ways that that plays out for people depending on like race and class and um where they live and you know like yeah where they live and and all of those things right because those social positioning things really affect how much violence you are exposed to and also you're a victim of but like in a lot of ways like queer people in general are you know like we've been um just brought up in in with with a lot of danger right like our desires are dangerous mm. and um and and you know like there's so many ways to interpret that you know from like social danger to physical danger right right to just the sacrifices you make by being by choosing not to be to assimilate or not to to be normative right not to not to live the life right so i don't know a lot about um chilean music is not super familiar to me but yeah Vero, i know you've brought a few um a number of people from like the sort of yeah, indie scene in Chile. Yeah, a couple of queers yeah. that, are, that are not on today's um, right. episode. That but we're, we're on our first on our episode. Mm -hmm. back, back in the day episode about queers, Javier Amena, who has a new album mm -hmm. out right now and it's amazing. You also check it out. Mm -hmm. And um, Alex Antuanter, who right. is working on a new album now awesome. too. So uh, be on the lookout for that. But those are two amazing queer artists who are also Chilenos, who I love. There's like a scene there, you know, okay. like it's like, yeah. a, like a place where you can be like an independent artist and like, you know, be queer and have some, um, some people that are doing it with you. Mm, that's lovely. Yeah. So who's your last pick for our Feliz Pride episode? <laughs> My last pick is an artist called Ruby, and this song is called No Más. Sabes, yo tengo algo que decir, ¿no? Nada es real, nada va a pasar entre tú y yo. Despacio, entras a mi cuarto. Tengo algo que enseñar Tranquilo No es nada de malo Abre, déjame entrar Si quieres sudar Echa pa' acá Tu río me escribe Me haces quemar Si quieres Deja de brincar No más, no más, no más, no más, no más, no más
So Ruby is a young, queer, Dominican artist. He's born in the Dominican Republic. He's raised in Washington Heights in New York City, which is, if you don't know, an amazing, beautiful neighborhood of New York. I was just hanging out um, uptown yesterday to see, or a couple of days ago, because I went to go see Evie Queen at La Marina, mm. which... I have to say, I like cried. You saw three Evie times Queen. Did you know you were gonna see her? Wow. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I bought tickets. I right. like set up my entire weekend because it was it part be able to be prepared. Was it part of a bigger reggaeton festival or was it just her? Yeah, it was part of a like um, a Red Bull Music oh, Music okay. Academy music festival, and okay. they were like okay. doing a whole like thing about reggaeton. But okay. then there was a show that was The Noise, who were like re- really pioneers of um, of, the, of reggaeton and the sound as it came up. And then Evie Queen. Oh my God, what was it like to see her? It was incredible. It was incredible, but. Let me talk about Ruby and then we can get into <laughs> okay. Evie Queen because I feel like our reina is hijacking poor Ruby's time. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> anyway, he's from Washington Heights, but he uh, he went to boarding school in rural New England like when he was a teenager. So it's I think it's it makes for such an interesting like allows for this sound of his to emerge right because he like left for this like rural new england boarding school life and now is like in college somewhere in vermont and it's like like, since he was 13 he's been in rural new england but before that he was like in washington heights where you know where our reina evie performed you know well she performed in inwood but you know like uptown really different from this whole life but it's just like I think that like a lot of this geographic stuff that's happening just allows for this sound to emerge which you know I say his sound but he because even though he just has like a few singles out he doesn't have any sort of like debut like project out really like Mm -hmm. um, in terms of an album but I think it's already emerging as something pretty solid Um, he's got some of this sort of apocalyptic production sort of in the vein of like Arca's work and then also some Afro-Caribbean rhythms and some R&B but um, I mean I'm into it I'm yeah. into it I wrote about him um, I did um, a profile on him for Remezcla so we'll link that in the show notes but this is his newest single and it came out in March and it also has a really cute music video mm, yeah, um, does, yeah. there's like some like welding right and, some, and that's and that's <laughs> some him working. that's in him in the video yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's He's him. also like maybe shirtless and just wearing an apron. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie. He is Thirst a very trap. cute. <laughs> Thirst trap. Yeah, he's, he's very, an attractive one. Yeah, he's a young one, but he's an attractive one. I wonder if he's part of sort of the the ways in which technology is changing music and that albums are not as like prominent as they used to be. They're not like... Like that the that the individual songs have this whole life that is very separate from album the album itself. And I wonder if that's part of why he's been producing just individual tracks yeah and like I mean definitely album. that's part of it is that you can get a foothold into you know people's like taste by just putting out a couple of things but I mean I think also he's a student right and he's yeah. like a full-time student and it's like a, an album is such a it's a lot of work it's a lot of work so yeah. I think maybe that be, might be part of it but 
Um, you know, I'm an old head. You I are. love an album. I, know you I are. love like like a conceptual. I know piece. you are. Like, okay, yeah. this all belongs together. I know you are. Um, I just, so yeah. I'm crossing my fingers for that in the right, future right. from him because I think he's got it in him. Right. I just wonder if the way that we listen to music now is going to change things that, such that the album becomes less. And I mean, I, this might have nothing to do with his decisions, but just feels like we, yeah. You know, like oh, yeah. Jay Balvin is coming out with an album, but he's released almost every song on this album as a single. Yeah, absolutely. So things are changing absolutely. so much. I think it's you're like, totally right about yeah, that. Yeah. And there's definitely some loss there. It's fine. Like I grew up with what I grew up with and I really appreciate the album as an art form, but new things will emerge and new beautiful creative expressions of music. Well, I, right. I, I, I trust the youngins. Yeah. And I think it, I mean, I think in some ways it makes more room for like lots of different artists. And there's so, it's so cool to see so many queer artists. I love that we brought six different people mm-hmm. and we like have, we had more on our list, some of whom we've brought, some of whom we've never brought. Mm-hmm. So we, it's, you know, a thing to, to keep exploring. Yeah. I mean, it's hopeful, right? Yeah. It's hopeful. There's like so many, there's a lot of openings, I think. And there's a lot of interest and there's a lot of audience for explicitly queer artists across like Latin America and the diaspora. And that's really yes, beautiful. Queer and trans and mm-hmm. gender non-conforming folks mm-hmm. are just like out here doing their thing, have been out here. Yep. And it's so lovely. And I mean, it's a talented bunch, y'all. Not going to lie. Mm-hmm. No, there's a lot to choose from for sure. Very excited. Very exciting. Yeah. Well, I hope you all get to, if you want to celebrate Pride to whatever extent you do that, I hope you get to do that sometime this yeah. month or this Pride season. And yeah, I think it's... it's yes, y'all. Be safe out there. Yeah. Take care. Right. You know, like party safely. If hydrate. That's what you do, you know. <laughs> yes, hydrate a lot. <laughs> Make sure your friends text you when they get home. Mm. You know, like it's all about taking care of each other. All right, y'all. Thank you for listening to Radio Manea. Um, as always, you can find all of the information about these songs and all of the links that we referenced in our show notes on radiomanea.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're at Radio Manea, and we still have a Venmo. That's Radio Manea. So, you know, <laughs> if you want to just send anything our way. Yeah. We don't have a campaign going, but, uh, you know, if you like what we're doing, let us know. Yeah, we appreciate um, the support. And... Yeah, and 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 of course, if you haven't left us a review, we would love, love, love to see one from you. It really makes a difference mm-hmm. for people like coming across us on um, the various podcast apps. So if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts in particular, but wherever you listen to us, if you haven't left us a review, it would really mean the world to us if you did. Yes, thank you. And if you haven't listened to our last long episode, it was about... Um, pouring one out for some of the artists who left us too soon it's called gone too soon you should take a listen it's a good um revisiting of some of these icons who left us tragically so check that out thank you so much for listening to us y'all feliz pride ciao Y es que eres mi existencia, mi sentir, eres mi luna, eres mi sol, eres mi noche de amor.